Guys, oh my gosh. What? A movie starring Ashton Kutcher is sub 50% of Rotten Tomatoes? That's shocking. Hold up. The room is spinning. I gotta lay down. Ladies and gentlemen, start using DOS again. I'm Kent Garrison. <laughs> I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad About Movie. You sound insane. You like that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all things cinema. We talk movie news, movie rumors, and we give you a detailed analysis of our chosen movie of the week. But don't worry, we will warn you when we go into spoilers. Remember to stay tuned till the end of each episode for our weekly recommends, in which we each suggest something that you need to check out ASAP. This week, we are focusing our efforts on what, Brian? Tonight, we'll be talking about Elysium. In five days' time, you will die. Thank you for your service. They can fix it on Elysium, man. Max, I think I can help get you up there. Hey, bring down the boom saw! This ain't gonna kill me. Elysium. Now, do you think he made up the name Elysium? Is I don't it- know, but... Uh- but what, is it, what does Elysium mean? Does anybody know? Because it, like, when I wrote my review in Word yesterday, it it didn't give me the uh, the red line. You know what I mean? To tell yeah. me that it's not really a word. So Richard, I guess it's a word. But... Richard, English major. What's Elysium? Yeah, I, you're right. I am the English major. I don't know, but I, you know what I do know? I do know how to use Google. So <laughs> uh, let's see, or dictionary. We'll use dictionary.com here. You guys go ahead and talk, and I'll get back to you with a definition. Shortly. This is what my degree taught me. Speaking uh, of Google and uh, degrees, why – and I think we've talked about this on, on our radio show a, a couple times, Richard. But um, why why did they not have a class in high school called How to Google? I don't understand it. <laughs> well, I, I remember my uh, – you know, all uh, – all, uh, you know, appearances aside, Kent and I went to high school together. Right. And uh and we did have if Kent if you remember correctly, we had a librarian, I won't name her by name, that always showed us how to use a database. No matter what we went to the library for, she would show us how to use a database. Mm-hmm. It was very annoying. But Elysium means uh the abode. It means the the place of the blessed, like um okay. after death. It's a classical mythology term. Alright. So when wow. uh, the blessed go somewhere uh after they die. It's a very happy place. So I think an app title. Good job by Blomkamp or whatever his name is. Yeah. And, uh, very good. So anyway, That's quite fitting. That actually makes a lot of sense. That's surprising. So let's um, let's wait a little bit to talk about Elysium. Man, I'm stoked to talk about this, though. I think we've been waiting for this one for a, for a long time. I, I, I had a prediction. Uh, if you're a listener of the podcast, you know I had a prediction for this movie a couple months ago, I think. And so I guess we'll have to tease whether that prediction came true or not about how good we thought this movie would be. So uh, I guess stay tuned for that. But uh, let me ask you guys, you, Brian, first. Yeah. yeah. Any uh, movie news, rumors, or rumblings that you want to wanna mention? Yeah, I, we, there's been a couple of interesting things this week. Uh, one that I know you're particularly excited about, Kent. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know. It, yep, yep. It interests me as well because, uh, as we all know, our favorite thing on this podcast, besides Star Wars, I would say, is Vin Diesel. Um, <laughs> so... Big week for Mr. Diesel. He got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, so that's pretty yeah! good. Yeah, dude. Taking over the world. 
Uh, I saw today that he has just he he's optioned a, a new original what they hope to be franchise the sci-fi franchise called Soldiers of the Sun uh, that he's wow. uh, he's producing and starring in and I I think he's going to help write it as well so he'll uh, he's hoping to make several millions and millions of dollars off of that. Uh, but maybe the biggest thing uh, was that uh, Mr. Diesel, who we know was uh, involved with with uh, Marvel, had a big meeting with them a couple weeks ago. We talked about that on our podcast. Uh, he is going to voice the character of Groot in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy that's set right. for next year that we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. So yeah, he's uh, he's officially in the Marvel fold, and uh, I'm sure we'll make that movie 10,000 more times awesome than it already was going to be. Right. Kent, your thoughts? Yeah, my my immediate thoughts is, I mean, amazing that Diesel is in Guardians because, yeah. you know, that's a dream come true for our podcast, really. Uh, yeah. I don't think we could have asked for a better movie for him to be in, but it's unfortunate that he's voicing a character. You know, I really wanted him to be a villain or he a hero. He so much facially, it's it's a shame to rob that from <laughs> No, it's, I'm being serious. Like, oh, I know. To not have a star like that draws the crowd as big as him, no, in the, no, no. actually he's in a, the movie, you know, he's a movie star. There's and I don't know why. Yeah. You know, Kent, I told Brian this. We Brian and I were playing basketball earlier in the week, and I told Brian that. Uh, so the uh, the girlfriend and I and a couple of buddies decided to uh, to crockpot some meals. Mm-hmm. Let's make some big crockpot meals. Let's get a little healthy. Let's have some some good food. But the thing about the crock pot, it's delicious and it's healthy and all that, but it takes about six hours to cook. Mm-hmm. Well, we flip on the TV, and it's me and, and the girlfriend and 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 Beardo, you know Beardo. Mm-hmm. Yes, Beardo. We're sitting in we're sitting in my house, and all of a sudden, Fast and Fur- we're five minutes in the Fast and Furious one on TNT. Nice. And, fo- and following that. Fast, too fast, too furious. Nice. Well, we decide we're just going to watch 10, 15 minutes of it. Cut to about five hours later, we're watching Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> and I realized that even though Vin Diesel's not in Too Fast, Too Furious, he's a movie star. I, I could not stop watching the original Fast and Furious. Yeah. It's a fantastic action movie. He has a certain charisma that I can't put my finger on, but he'll be great in a Marvel movie. I'm, I'm pumped up. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, let's let's talk about this Guardians real quick. Uh, I sent you guys a uh, yeah a little leaked a leaked trailer that was. I mean, I, I really I really think more than I think about it. The trailer that leaked was basically a, somebody like filming off their iPhone, filming the yeah. the screen. I really think that Marvel leaked that, and also leaked the X Men Days of Future Past teaser that that also kind of leaked that you sent us, Brian. Yeah. Because you know why would um, why would they allow that to get out or even you're obviously going to see a guy with a camera in there if it's a small you know little screening. So yeah. I really think they kind of leaked that trailer to get the buzz out for for those two films, like as if it mm-hmm. wasn't already out. But the 30 seconds that we saw of Guardians, it melted my brain. <laughs> it straight up did. It looked so freaking awesome. Uh, so what are, what were your impressions of it, Brian? Uh, I, I'm kind of with you. I think it's going to be a movie that people are going to either love or hate. I don't think there's going to be much in between because um, we, I think we all expect it's going to have kind of a darker tone, similar to maybe like Watchmen. That will turn off some some viewers. And then uh, at the end of the day, one of your five main characters is a talking raccoon. So um, that's, I think that's going to 
probably rub some people the wrong way. Uh, but I, I did love the footage, and, and I love that it looks really good now. And you know that they, I mean, they'd been in production on that movie for like a couple of weeks when they put that little package yeah. of, uh, of. I think they're only, I think Chris together. Pratt tweeted that they're only about 50% done filming, so. Yeah, well, and when that came, I mean, I feel like they hadn't been filming for even a month when they when they uh, went to Comic Con. So, I mean, it's uh, it'll it'll look better when it's all said and done. And obviously, we were watching like what was something that was recorded with a, like a flip phone from the side of the screen. So, mm. not that you know, didn't look that great. But uh, yeah, it, it got me juiced up. I'm I'm excited for the movie, and and uh, you know, hey, you can add Vin Diesel to just about anything, and it's gonna make it better. So yeah, I'm the, good. I'm down. The, the, C, the CGI of Groot and Rocket Raccoon on that trailer. Yeah looked unbelievable <laughs> and right. it looked so sweet like way better than i than i yeah. expected there's a i said there's to you guys there's a one second clip of close-up of rocket raccoon firing like a ak-47 <laughs> yeah and, and he's like grinding grinding his teeth or whatever and it looks so sweet i just can't wait for that to uh get done um and i wonder yeah. who's gonna voice rocket raccoon have you guys heard anything about it i don't know we we talked. I feel like Jim Carrey was. I feel like in we talked about Jim point, Carrey, yeah. but that was before he, you know, went on his anti-violence bit. So I kind of think that's going. If they got a big voice like Diesel for Groot, it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of went the opposite route for for Rocket Raccoon and like tried to conserve some budget and got somebody who was you know a lesser known but still a quality voice. But we'll see. Well. Well, I heard I'll... it's down. I heard it's down between the the three of us, actually. Sweet. So I mean, I'm gonna fight I vote you, you both. Richard. I vote. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Ken. You, you represent I... a raccoon probably better than me or Brian. I do. So. You know, That's it's alliterative. Uh, you know, I think my spirit animal may be a raccoon. I, I like to go through people's trash. We'll see. You know. Yeah. You know, I'm pumped though. I like that footage you sent me. Uh, unlike, I don't know, Brian, I don't know about you, but I know, Kent, you had a passing familiarity, but I yeah. didn't know anything about the Guardians. I didn't Same. know they existed. Right. And uh, so my my knowledge of the Guardians of the Galaxy, Ken, I hate to admit, is, is purely through this podcast and through you. So yeah. seeing actual footage was like, well, look, I, I, there's a talking raccoon. Oh, uh, he's shooting a machine gun. Um, I, I'll give this a shot. You know, I was I was you know, pleasantly surprised. He, he, um, I'm like, I said it before on the podcast. I think the rocket raccoon, if done correctly, couldn't be one of those iconic characters, uh, for a while. And I just worried, like you said, Brian, that it's going to come off the wrong way. You know, if they can do it right, then it's going to be amazing. And I really think James Gunn is the guy who can make it cool. You know, I mean, the, the, the line in the, uh, trailer said by John C. Riley is they call themselves the guardians of the galaxy. What a bunch of a-holes, you know, like, like yeah. it's such, they're just a bunch of D bags, really all the characters, you know, and they're kind of like the Avengers, but if the Avengers were kind of the dark side of the Avengers, you know what I mean? The yeah. Avengers is such a bright movie and so positive and every captain America's, you know, just such a, I don't know just kind of idealized and the guardians is just kind of more realistic. I would say. Yeah. Um, well, I, and I, I love, I've mentioned this before, but I love what they're doing with the casting because it doesn't feel like they're just going out and trying to get 
12 or 15 or whatever big names they're getting. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like everything they've cast have been like, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, Chris yeah. Pratt, I'm a huge fan, but even like Glenn Close, you, yeah. you think you see that and you're like, all right, that could be, it seems like they're really going out of their way to try to get the right people for each of these roles, uh, regardless of, of name value. And I think that plays into like, yeah, we got Diesel, but we're not just going to put Diesel on the screen like you kind of would expect us to. We're going to let him do voice work from you know behind the screen, and it'll be um, that's an interesting choice. I think I like that. I think it's a cool. I, I really like what they're doing with the casting, so I'm excited. I really am. Yeah, so I guess we should expect the Rocket Raccoon news to break in the next few weeks, and of course we'll probably mention it on the podcast. So uh, stay tuned to the podcast for for news on that. Um, but w- you want to talk about the X Men trailer a little bit, Brian? Yeah. What do you think sure. of it? Um, it's good, and it's, I think it, it was a, it gave you a good, good impression for, I mean, that's what you want from a teaser trailer, is to get a feel for what the movie is going to be like, and, uh, so yeah, I, I felt like that, that showed us, I kind of don't want to see anything else about it, I just want to go with that in mind, because it was an interesting idea, and it, I, uh, I don't know, I really like X-Men, Kent, I know you're not, that's not, you're, you're more, I like it, it's not uh, my favorite, it's, it's fine, yeah. X-Men is probably my favorite. I love Batman's my favorite superhero for sure, but but X-Men is probably my my favorite, I don't know, story or, or whatever franchise, I guess. Um anyway, I like the way it was all brought together and I am very much intrigued by just the general story that they're trying to tell here and it seems like a very ambitious movie. I don't know if that's going to pay off. Uh. It seems like a lot of times when you get I mean, they're really talking. You're talking about a a 20 man cast of 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 characters that are all going to be competing for screen time, you know. And so when you get, I mean, even I mean, remember we we talked about Avengers way back when and thought, I don't know if it's all going to come together with all these people. Well, the, none of the people in uh, in X Men are quite as big, I would say, as like Downey Jr. and and all those guys. But still. You have a lot of people competing for screen time, so that could uh, that could become kind of a a beating when it's all said and done. But anyway, I, I liked it. I like the look of it, and uh, I think it's a very intriguing and ambitious uh, concept they're going with. Yeah, I think something we've all agreed on is something that doesn't mix well is ambition and Brian Singer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the last two <laughs> ambitious projects he had, Superman Returns and Jack the Giant Killer, were were terrible. You know, so. Yeah, that's how most, dare that's you? Most, <laughs> you're talking about Jack the Giant Killer, right? How dare no, you? No, talking about Kate Bosworth's epic performance in Superman Returns. Guys, I forgot to tell you, Kate Bosworth was here yesterday I, at dude, training the, camp. Hey, uh, Kent, they call me the king of the Segway for a reason. Yeah, exactly. And because you're sponsored by Segway, the uh, motor motorized <laughs> scooter company. You know, I went to a Segway store. I'm going to call them out here to our, our dozens of listeners. I went to a Segway store a couple years ago with my 70-year-old stepfather, and they wouldn't let me test drive. Wow. They must really not want to sell a Segway. You know? Exactly. Because once, once you're on it, you're hooked. That's what I I mean. also once <laughs> took a college class where right outside – they sat us alphabetically, <laughs> and I'm my last name's Barton. And, uh, and so I sat at the bottom left of the class right where the alphabet started. And right out the window, they did Segway cop training. Yeah, when I was in college, and so every Monday they'd bring in a new crop of mall cops, and they would crash on their segways, 
And then by Friday, they would, you know, be pretty good on them. And then by Monday, there'd be new, new small cops in. They did all the training there at the college. And uh, I nearly failed the class. I believe it was like a biology class or something. And I almost failed because all I did was stare out the window and watch these guys spin around on segways. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Kate Bosworth. She was at Cowboys camp? Kate, Kate Bosworth was here at Cowboys camp yesterday. And she looks absolutely terrible. I mean, just awful. <laughs> she, she, no joke. She looks like she weighs about fifty pounds, and she's probably five and ten. Wow! <laughs> like yeah. she just looks anorexically thin, hardly recognizable. She was pretty hot um, when she had a, you know, when she wasn't anorexic. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. She she had her day, but I just wanted so bad, and I considered it for a long time to to walk up to her with a completely straight face, and say, "I just wanted to let you know." That you're way better than Amy Adams, but I couldn't do it. I, I knew I knew I couldn't do it without laughing, so I didn't do it. You should have but, told her you were her second favorite in Blue Crush, <laughs> and then just let her and then just let her think about who your first favorite was. Well, she hasn't gotten a job since Superman Returns. Seriously, I don't think Anything you know what that's not though. Straight to DVD, I think she's she fine. Wasn't, she wasn't that bad in Superman Returns. It certainly wasn't on her. Yeah, no, not I actually at all. thought she was fine. It was really Brandon Routh. I thought Marsden and Kate Bosworth were the best part of that movie. Totally. Um, I, I need to mention something. Speaking of, of segues, so I need to segue to this really, really quick. Batman Superman news has broken this week, guys. Uh, and I don't know how you're, you guys are going to react to this. Uh, first thing I'm going to mention, um, Warner Brothers has apparently offered Christian Bale $60 million to appear <laughs> in Batman Superman. So do you think he'll take it, and uh, what's the deal on that, Brian? Uh, you know, geez, how do you say no to $60 million? Do you know, Kent, was it was – because I saw the same thing, and I didn't read the story. Was it $60 million for that movie, or was it like the Hugh Jackman deal where they offered him a, a huge chunk of change but yeah. to do – four movies or something we, like we that. We should have mentioned when we talked about X-Men just now that, that Marvel has offered Hugh Jackman a hundred million dollars to continue right. playing Wolverine. Past is it Marvel? His... Does Marvel pay him or is it Fox? It's Fox. I, know... I mean, it's Fox and Marvel, but okay. I mean, I'm sure Marvel has the final say on everything, but yeah, uh, Fox is probably ponying up a lot of that money too, but yeah. that's just crazy. hundred million. And you know, he's going to take it. Jack yeah, oh, yeah. He, Jackson Jackman loves Wolverine. He loves playing he can, that character. He can do Wolverine, and then he can go to Broadway and do a musical, and re- yeah. you know, maintain his artistic integrity and and whatever it is left of it, and then do Wolverine, and he can be a rich man. Good for him. I like yeah, Jack. Right. I'm a Jackman guy. I don't care what anyone says. I love Hugh Jackman. So do I. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Hugh Jackman could be a movie star. There's very few guys that could be a movie star any time in history, like. 1937, yeah. Hugh Jackman's a movie star. 1958, Hugh Jackman's a movie star. Yeah. 1974, Hugh Jackman. Like, think about that list. Like, who makes that list? It's it's Hugh Jackman, and who else makes that list of any time in history is a movie star? Yeah, he hasn't aged a day in his entire career. He, he has an age. He can, he can sing. He can dance. He can be an action hero. Like, there's nothing that guy like does. I mean, like, he's not a ten at anything. But he's a solid eight at like forty different things. Like he might be yeah. the most versatile guy that's out there. Like, Seriously. like, hey, we're making Mary Poppins in nineteen fifty-two. Hugh Jackman, you you get the Dick Van Dyke part. Hey, we're making, uh, you know, two thousand one, a Space Odyssey. Yeah, Space you could be in that. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. there's nothing. Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's a good. I mean, I'm a Hugh Jackman fan. Good for him. 
Get yeah. that money, man. I'm all about getting everyone knows that on this podcast. I'm all about getting the paper. Exactly. That's why we do this get, podcast. You got to get the only, paper. It's the only reason. Unfortunately, it's blank sleep, uh, sheets of Manila paper for us. <laughs> right. Right. But we're still, but we're still getting the paper. So that's all that matters. Um, what do you guys think about Bale? Though, do you think he's going to do it? No. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I, I really don't either. think he's going to either. I I think that he is. I think that he's maybe not going to want to do that sort of movie for a while. I think he's going to go do something uh, epic that's not a superhero, you know, or it's not necessarily a franchise. I think that's the thing. I think, so like, I think a, Christian, like a MacGruber two type. Yeah, dude, he would be the he would be an awesome villain for MacGruber two. I would be so down with that. Uh, no, it, you know, I I think. I think Christian Bale is so hard to figure out because he is such an artist in the, you know, at the same time as being an, a, a, a quote movie star. Um, so you would think $60 million to do a couple of movies, you'd definitely be in, but I, I kind of don't think he's, plus he may sense, sense that this, that movie's going to suck and he doesn't want to attach his name that's, to it. That's why Warner Brothers senses, it senses that it sucks. So they're like, man, yeah. we got to get Christian Bale so that we have that guaranteed box office because people are yeah. going to see Batman Christian Bale if they get right. proven. Well, uh, but the, yeah. to play devil's advocate in both ways, I mean, he he's made plenty of money on the other previous Batman movies. He's mm-hmm. fine. So that's he, one direction. But to play devil's advocate, I will say, if, if someone offered me $60 million to murder both of you, yeah. look, I, I, love, <laughs> I love you guys, but I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't blame you, actually. Yeah. If you're like, Kent, if I shoot you in the heart, I get $60 million. I'd be like, do it, bro. Just do it. I love you that way, too. Um, but I Love you, appara- too, bro. Apparently, Christian Bale's next film is this Ridley Scott Moses movie called Exodus. Yes. Oh, yeah, I and, saw that. And apparently, Joel Edgerton is fighting for that role as well. So it's either going to be Bale or Joel Edgerton. No, and I it's, hope it's, to God it's hey, Christian Bale. It's actually – hey, it's actually – it's both of them. It's uh, – Christian Bale is going to play Moses. And, oh, and, he's uh, going to play Pharaoh. And, yeah, and Edgerton's going to Ramsey's. play Ramsey as the Pharaoh. Yeah, so they're, they're going opposite each other. If they were going for the same part, that is by like the very definition of make or break. Yeah, like, yeah. Bale. <laughs> I mean, that's just going off of Gatsby, though. So who knows? I mean, I have that's, a sore taste. I'm really excited for that, though. That's going to be yeah. great. The biblical, Scott, uh, the biblical epics are coming back in the style. Apparently fifth, the. Apparently the Aronofsky, Aronofsky Noah footage that has yeah. been screened is like blowing people away. Yeah, Aronofsky's so apparently that's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. I need to mention one more thing about Batman Superman. Uh, Brian, guys, I mentioned to you guys in a text message that Warner Brothers wants Brian Cranston for Lex Luthor. I mean, and Brian, Brian Cranston has said he will play Lex Luthor in Batman Superman <laughs> if, he, if he is, um, I guess, formally offered the role. So, um, thoughts on Cranston? It's going to be, I think it's going to be great. Um, I I know the movie's going to be bad, but I, (laughs) yeah, he'll shave it. It'll be Walter White, you know? (laughs) You know, look, I mean, Kevin Spacey's a really talented actor and he couldn't save a movie. So, you know, we can, we can both, we can both enjoy Brian Cranston as Lex Luthor and hate the movie. I mean, these are, these things aren't mutually exclusive. This is, this is fine. I love Brian Cranston, you know, but, uh, I love him, but, uh. I think that's the most likely scenario. Is that yeah? It's that's be a, a great. Movie, that's a great call. But he's going to be great. Some, that's a bad call if you're Brian Cranston. But if you're WB, it's a great, easy. It gives us some artistic integrity. Cranston's a hot name. 
easy, done. He's not that expensive, probably. Boom, 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 done. But if you're Cranston, yeah. those aren't the type of things you need to be doing. You're, you're finishing Breaking Bad. You've got the Argo momentum. You know, let's let's do something a little more. Let's 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 continue this uh, momentum. I think that that could be a bit of a momentum stopper. I think that movie is going to be abysmal. Uh, but we'll see. I hope it's not. I like Batman. I like Superman. I like Superman probably both more than both of you guys. I was really yeah. hopeful for Man of Steel. I love that, that trailer. It's still my favorite trailer of 2012. And then uh, it was, you know, it was all right. It was pretty bad. But uh, this new one, you know, is I, I'm not. I've never been interested on a comic level or on a movie level of Batman versus Superman. I just I don't care. I don't. I don't you know, this to me, it's like you know, hey, who wins? Dallas Cowboys or Yankees? Yeah, yeah. who wins? Can't can't answer the Cowboys. Question. Of course, Brian, answer the question. <laughs> Cowboys, I guess. Yeah, Cowboys or Yankees? Right. Yeah. Answer the, or Lakers? <laughs> right. Who wins? Yeah. You know, it's just they're 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 different things. Like you can't really put them in the same universe. Uh, so I don't I don't I don't I don't I've, I've never really cared. But Cranston gets me like. It perks one eyebrow, but at the same time, I, I also am aware that it's just going to be him giving an awesome performance in a terrible movie. And good for him. That, that's what we got with Michael Shannon. <laughs> yeah, we got that from and Michael Shannon. We got that from, well, I don't, you know, Kevin Spacey actually was pretty terrible as Lex Luthor. Yeah, he was uh, Kevin Spacey's weird. Is like He's a really good actor that does really bad performances sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like the, uh, I don't really know who to compare him to. Like, he's like the Carmelo Anthony of, of actors, like... He's got all the talent in the world, but then every once in a while you're like, what the heck was that? You went, come on, Spacey, you went two for 31. Come on, carry your team. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, that's okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm interested. Go, I'm, I've been talking now for 44 straight minutes, so I'll shut up. <laughs> oh, I need to mention uh, one trailer before we move on to Elysium Talk. Uh, Do you guys check out the Monuments Men teaser that's come out? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> we need to talk about this real quick. Oh my gosh. Um, impressions of this, my immediate, and I don't know if I'm stealing this from you, Brian, or if you stole it from me. That if you, it's like if you melted uh, or mended Ocean's Eleven with um, Inglorious Bastards, and then yeah. added Bill and Murray Argo. and yeah. Argo, yeah, yeah, and yeah. added Bill Murray. So I mean, what can go wrong here? I, I just don't. I just don't see a scenario where this movie is not incredible. I have four no. words. I have four words that make me three percent nervous about the movie. Are you ready? Yes. The Ides of March. But uh, uh, but no, I, no, it was no. The sense is Alexander Payne. Sorry. Yeah, it's Alexander Payne. No, I think it. I really do. I think it'll be good. It's a good trailer. I like how they kind of tease the Murray. Like Murray doesn't really have like but one or two lines in the trailer. Like his, he's just kind of a a looming presence in the movie. I love Clooney. I love Damon. I love Clooney as a director. I love Good Night and Good Luck. Um, yeah, fabulous. And yes. I love. Uh, I didn't like the uh, football. What was the football one? Leatherheads. That was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was, was pretty awful. bad. And I didn't like Ides of March that much. What, I'm, th- I'm missing a fourth movie Clooney directed. What is it, Brian? Uh, I'm not sure. Hold on. I'm gonna have, okay. I'm gonna look it up right now. Um, but but they, they huge emphasis on John Goodman in the trailer. Oh and this yeah. Look, this is looking to be like I mean last year with Argo was huge year for for John Goodman, but it's looking again come Oscar season it's going to be the year of the Goodman. I mean he's got Monuments Men and um 
inside uh, Lewin Davis, the yeah, Coen Brothers yeah. movie. Which I are, guess I mean, that's it. Oh, Confessions of, Confessions a, of a Dangerous Mind. I yeah. love that uh-huh. movie. I love, I love Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I love Good Night and Good Luck. I, that's one of my favorite movies ever. I didn't care for his last two movies, so I'm. I, this hopefully is a, a back a return to his initial efforts. Uh, but uh, great script, great idea. I've heard the book is really cool. I haven't read it, but uh, and then like, could you like, hey Ken, if I go or Brian, if I go to you guys, I go cast your dream movie. You have unlimited resources. You know, at some point, in your first ten names, you're going to list George Clooney, Matt Damon. John Goodman. Matt, I wouldn't add Matt Damon. I'm not a huge Damon fan, and I'll talk okay. about that during during Elysium. But I, I am with you on John Goodman, Bill Murray, George Clooney. Yeah, um, I mean those names are going to come up, right? I mean, so yeah. I mean, how do you how do you go wrong there? Uh, yeah. If you put a good script in front of those guys, it, it, no, it looks it looks it looks very good. So, Might um, be the year of the Clooney again. Uh, yeah, 20, you know, it's good. For, it's good to see something finally go his way. You know, he's had a tough <laughs> he's yeah. had a tough go. But you know who else in this cast? You got Kate Blanchett, who's fabulous. Um have you guys seen have you guys seen Blue Jasmine yet? No. No. Oh, I'm planning on it when I get home. Yeah. You gotta see Blue Jasmine guys. You saw it? Yeah. Yeah. I will get to that later. Yeah. Uh but uh Blue Jasmine's a jam. But you got yeah, Jean Desjardins, who who's a best actor winner, right? For yes. The artist, which I still maintain, along with Tony Kornheiser, by far, and this is without argument, the best silent movie of 2011. Yeah, you, and there's no argument. And you guys want to come at me? I'll smack you all day. The best silent movie of 2011 is The Artist. And if you want to argue, let's go. Um, yeah. Somewhere but, there's a, there's like a movie snob who say no there was there was a short done by you know some yeah. some French director and uh, it was so much better than the artist like Steve Bonneville <laughs> who's fabulous and Bob Balaban I mean I'm pumped yeah. for this Bob Balaban's one of my favorites he's the best uh, yeah he, you Great, know greatness uh, waiting for Guffman and he's been in a lot of great well great movies but he was, uh, uh, Seinfeld great, yes greatness um, now I just wanted to talk about a little bit about the Oscar season coming up. And I, I mentioned, I think last week that I could make a list right now of who I think is going to be best picture. Just, uh, you know, just, just yeah, from the sure. trailers and buzz alone. And I've made so now, a, ten- now you a tentative list. Now you see me. Now you see me. <laughs> now you see uh, me. Uh, GI Joe sure. retaliation, the yeah. Lone Ranger, man of steel and Smurfs too. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There's there's your five, and then the other five. Oh, I forgot the- Temptation: uh, Confession of a Marriage Counselor from Tyler Perry. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's the dark horse. Hey, hey, don't say dark horse. That's racist. Hey, dark horse is super racist. Can't how dare you? No, let me let me let me let me just run through this list real quick, and um, I guess we can go. You know, when the Oscar nominations come out, and see how accurate this list was. But I just want to do this for fun. All right, so I've got ten movies right here. Uh, that I think probably will be end up being Best Picture nominees, and I haven't seen any of these movies. <laughs> so, so here we go. Uh, honorable mention, which I think these are dark, kind of dark horses. Not to use that word again on purpose, but uh, the Way Way Back and yes. the Butler. Yeah, I think both of those are Oscar type movies. Uh, so we'll have to see there. But there's yeah, just too much competition Butler, this year. I mean, I'm, I don't know. Based, based on the trailer, it's, get, it's so getting much. on good. Re- it's getting really good reviews though. Is it okay? It's got it's a great like, cast. I mean, yeah. I'm. I'm any movie that that flaunts Oprah as a producer, yeah, it's got to be. 
Any movie that has a sex scene with Oprah, you know, I'm down. Does it really? Complete silence. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I don't know, but apparently. Um, so let me just Watch run these. Run, yeah, let me just run through these ten real quick. Uh, you have seen Brian Mudd. Mudd's yep. on the list. <laughs> the Counselor, which is uh, Michael Fassbender, the Cormac McCarthy mm. movie coming yeah, sure. out. Ridley Scott, I believe, did that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gravity, Alfonso Cuaron with uh, Sandra Bullock and George yeah. Clooney about space. Yeah. Inside, Lewin Davis, the Coen Brothers movie. Sure. Uh, Captain Phillips, the Tom, the Tom Hanks pirate movie. Mm-hmm. Monuments Men. Mm-hmm. The Wolf of Wall Street, Scorsese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Her, the Spike Jones movie with Walking uh, Phoenix. That trailer is unbelievable, guys. Yeah. That trailer yeah. is so good. Yeah. Uh, 12 Years a Slave, the Steve Why McQueen we... movie with uh, Fassbender as the uh, gets sold into slavery or whatever. Um, that's coming out. I would tell a judge for. If Fassbender uh, got sold into slavery, that would be that. I don't think he does, but I know he's in it. Yeah, he's in it. uh, it, The trailer looks amazing for that. Um, So, uh, American Hustle also the David O. Russell with um, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence Mm. uh, movie that's coming out in January. Yeah. So those are the ten that I've circled, and we'll see, I guess, how accurate I am come Oscar time. But I mean, it's just like I we've said before on the show; it's just such a such that's competitive a great, year. That's a, Any one of those be, movies, if they win, was going to be great, you know. No, you're right. You're absolutely right, Ken. That's an awesome ten you put together. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I like disagreeing with you on this podcast. It makes for good yeah. pod. But uh, no, that's an awesome list. I'm, I'm, I'm psyched to see every single one of those movies. It's going to be an awesome year. I'm fired up. We started this podcast in January, February, when January last year, very last day of January in 2013. Yeah. And so, like, what a great year to start off with. Our first kind of award season to talk about. We talked about some of the awards movies last year after the fact, but, I mean, I'm fired up. This is going to be this is going to be competitive. I don't think we're going to know who the best picture, you know, even who the top three are for best picture. It's wide open. Let's let's do this. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for DiCaprio, though, this year, Wolf of Wall Street. I'm hoping that's good. I want Leo to win the Oscar. He needs an yeah. Oscar. I can't – I just that's... can't take Clooney getting up there again, you sure. know, and – Feel like Clooney already and Tom Hanks, they have racks of Oscars. Um, that'll be fine. Lou and Davis is going to be great too. I'm just excited oh. for that. Well, the if, McConaughey, if McConaughey wins Best Actor, that's going to be awesome, though. <laughs> Imagine the speech he gives, guys. Maybe he'll win. Maybe they'll like give him supporting actor for Wolf of Wall Street to kind of like compromise. Yeah, and then he can just you know, and, hey, hey, everybody, <laughs> it sure has been fun entertaining y'all after a few last few couple years. And, bow, bow, bow. Uh, remember when I said though, drums. in the um, our review of the master, I was like, "There's no way Joaquin Phoenix is ever going to top this oh. movie." <laughs> but the trailer oh, alone oh. for her might might have already done it. <laughs> like this guy is just an absolute machine of acting, and I just can't wait to see what. Him and Spike Jones do together. Yeah, seriously. That's a two-man race right now, and we haven't seen too much from Tom Hanks yet. But based off of trailers alone, it's it's Leo versus Joaquin for, you know, yeah, who's gonna win that? Uh, That that trailer is, you know, here's what we finally figured out about Scarlett Johansson. She doesn't. um, She looks great. She's you know beautiful from another planet. She's ungodly beautiful. And she sounds great. Her voice is, is, is you know, very uh, attractive. But when you put the two together, she doesn't emote very well. 
So here's what we do. We we write a movie where she can just talk and be a voice the whole time, and then yeah. we have her show up and promote it with all of her looks. That's yeah. a win-win for everyone involved. She doesn't have to emote with her face, which she, she hasn't mastered yet. I don't know, but I don't know, Richard. I kind of disagree. I prefer to see Scarlett Johansson in a movie. No, me too, but, like, she's not a great actress, like, physically. Like, she's beautiful. Like, yeah. you know, a, a fine painting is beautiful, but she she doesn't emote well. So here's here's the best of both worlds. You hear her for two hours, and that beautiful low voice of hers that, that makes every man crazy and then, and then when she promotes the movie, you get to see her. It's a, you know, and then you don't have to watch her the whole time for two hours and go, this is uncomfortable. She's not a very good actress, but she's so hot. So I'm going to pretend like she's a good actress because she's really hot. Uh, it's it's good. I think this Brian, is what are your, Brian. What are your thoughts on her? Um, yeah. I'm I'm interested for sure, and I, I think you're right. Joaquin looks like he's going to be incredible. I will say that that's the sort of movie that everybody says, oh, this looks great in the trailer, and then you watch it, and you're like, all right, this is a little bit creepy, and then the nobody nobody who has a vote or, you know, with the committee or whatever goes to see it. And so that one, I think that one is vulnerable to getting shut out of all this stuff just because of the subject matter. Yeah. Well, one award we know it's going to be nominated for is Best Original Score because the Arcade Fire is doing the the score for her, yeah. And uh, him and them and Spike Jones have worked together on music videos in the past, and just great work together. So I'm really excited to see what they do with uh, their first movie score. So that's gonna yeah. be good stuff. Everything about um, is leading to interesting things. I'm, I'm fired up. Yeah. So I guess um, let's let's move on, guys. Let's talk about Elysium, okay? Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter 
for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. What did you do to me? Gave you a way out. Whoever has this has the power to override their whole system. She's very sick, Max. I need to get her up there. You can save everyone. When can I go? I don't know where to begin on this on this movie, really. Um, I'm still kind of gathering my thoughts, so I, I think I need to hear your thoughts first, Brian Gill. Okay. In order to kind of, you know, direct my thoughts um, in a professional manner. So, Brian Gill, give me your first immediate thoughts of, of Elysium. Yeah, my, my immediate thoughts are that this was... This might have been the movie that I was looking forward to the most in the actual summer months. I, I was more excited about like Star Trek and Fast and Furious just because of how much I love those franchises. But, uh, man, I was really stoked about Elysium. I love Matt Damon. Uh, I think you said you are going to talk about not loving Matt Damon. I think Matt Damon is one of the most charismatic actors in, in Hollywood, and I... I love just about everything that he does. Uh, obviously, I'm a big sci-fi fan, and uh, Neil Blomkamp. I, I think District Nine is is a great movie, and uh, and I love his. I think he's just a visionary, and I, I really dig that. I, I, I really love what he what he brings to uh, to the industry. Um, so I was very pumped up about this movie, and I am. I won't say that I'm disappointed in the finished product. But I don't think that it is quite as uh, – I don't think it reaches the lofty goals that, that I had set up for it in my head. Um, it's kind of the exact opposite of like World War Z. I had very, very low expectations for and I actually thought it was, it was an excellent movie. This one, um, it, has, it has some flaws and I think that the flaws really kind of hamstring it from becoming – better than it than it is i still liked it i still enjoyed it a lot i'll i'll watch it many more times um but uh, it wasn't quite as as uh, great as i as i had hoped that it was going to be okay fair fair opinion there brian i i agree with you there that it was this is probably i think i've said i said on the record on this podcast that when it's all said and done that elysium is probably going to be the best movie Best big blockbuster movie of the summer. And after seeing it, there's really nothing that I can say for sure that, dif- you know, disputes that um, assessment. Yeah. Uh, because what what we've gotten so far this summer has been a huge letdown, I feel like, um, mm-hmm. considering, you know, the biggest movie that stuck out really as far as what, walking away and being like, wow, that was really – really something cool was World War Z, which none of us yeah. saw coming. And, you know, there were there was potential there for... Excuse me, Ken. I believe I, I bet <laughs> Whataburger on this very podcast... You bet that it would be successful. You didn't bet that it would be good. Hey, you That's know, what I'm saying. Funny, baby. It was yeah, good. Right. It was, I didn't see, nobody I didn't saw see it that. being good. You're right. You know? You're right. You're right there. But I bet it being successful. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm not water. <laughs> yeah. It, so, I mean... I think there was potential there for for a lot of the movies to to be better than they were. And, you know, I think visually Pacific Rim was the best movie of the summer. Um, but, you know, storyline-wise, it it fell flat in a lot a lot of areas. Uh but but you know, visually stunning-wise, it was it was number 1. 
Um, so Elysium, I had high, high expectations going in. And I think the storyline alone was very strong in, in Elysium. Um, the, the whole thing with Matt Damon and his girlfriend and his girlfriend's daughter and their goal of, um, you know, healing the, the daughter, uh, from cancer. I felt like that made a lot of sense. You know, it didn't feel shoehorned yeah. in like a lot of these um, family stories have been, you know, kind of shoehorned into these big summer blockbusters. Like in World War Z, I'll complain about that. I didn't think that family story really worked uh, well with the, the plot line or the, 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 the story didn't hinge on what happened with the family. Do you know what I'm saying? It was basically yeah. Brad Pitt and zombies, and the family was just there to say that a family. This the plotline of Elysium actually revolved around getting the girl to Elysium to heal her. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I thought that worked really well, and I thought the ending. And we'll go into spoilers later, but I thought the way they wrapped it up in the end with that was pretty great. Um, the production design on this movie was a little bit of a letdown. Um, I feel like he did a lot of this stuff already with District 9, Blomkamp, yes, especially yes. the slums and everything. I feel like he did it better in District 9. And, Amen. And I think District 9 is far superior of a movie. Um, I think District 9 is close to a masterpiece. And I, it was nominated for Best Picture that year. I mean, a lot of people yeah. forget that. But it, it was a great freaking movie and just on all levels. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I do – I liked what they did with the Elysium – ring you know i thought the visual effects of that were cool i didn't feel like we got enough of to see elysium uh all we saw was some pretty landscapes you know i didn't feel like we actually got you know a sense of what it was like to live on elysium compared to earth um but i feel like there was some cool stuff in this movie um the whole you know exoskeleton thing was pretty pretty awesome yeah um I was underwhelmed with a lot of this movie, but it's still strong. I mean, I still would recommend this movie to anyone who asks. I would say, yo, yeah, you need to see Elysium. But I mean, my but because my expectations were so high, that's why I was sort of let down. And I was let down mainly with the visual effects uh, and the production design. And I still think, guys, and it's it's what August now, almost September. I think Oblivion maybe still the the most beautiful movie of the year. I just still think that movie was absolutely great um, in that in that sense. So, um, Richard, thoughts on Elysium? Yeah, sure. So, as a uh, a movie, I thought it was pretty successful. Um, as social commentary, which it clearly sets out to be, it was yeah. a little clumsy. It was a little on the nose. It was a little obvious. Um, look, let's break down social barriers and let's have this kind of look i'm i'm by no means rush limbaugh here but even i was kind of like this is like a weird socialist dream this movie of <laughs> of breaking down and and let's take down the elites as a uh commonplace kind of this weird uh uh socialist fantasy uh and i don't and once again i'm not mr capitalist republican either i i'm just saying it was kind of kind of a weird uh you know, very worldly, very liberal, kind of almost wet dream. So, and I don't have any problem with that politically. I get, everyone's got to make their point. I, I I don't care, but I just mean as a movie, it kind of wore me out. It was a little obvious. Every every kind of statement they were trying to make was a little right. obvious. 
Um, but you know, it was entertaining. Damon, yeah, you, yeah, I, I, I'm on Team Brian with this one. I, you know, Damon and DiCaprio are the two guys to me that like I can count the bad movies that Damon's made on like two fingers, right? I mean, it's that one he made with John Krasinski last year and the Brothers Grimm, and that's it. Like everything else he's been in ever has been pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah. Stuck on you. Stuck on you is pretty. I bad. like stuck. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's okay. I, <laughs> but, yeah, maybe no. That's I got you. Bad. Well, I got but you. I'll take, yeah, you're right though, because I I think stuck on you kind of sucks. But I but promised land the one with John Krasinski is not bad, and he's not bad in, in my opinion. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I'm with you. Like you, you know, you can say, oh, there's a couple that he's done bad, Regar- but even the bad ones we can argue about. Regardless, his batting average is like eight fifty. Like yeah. he's oh, he's sure. crushing it. Sure, and so like. He, you know, he's a beast, and he's good in the movie. And Blomkamp's the the, the the and you know, both of you have spoken to this, so I, I won't go on long. But the disappointing thing about this movie is it doesn't really feel like a step forward, right? For Blomkamp, yes, exactly. That's it's, what it's, that's what it's disappointed more, me. I was like, if he can up the ante on what he did for, in District Nine, yeah. I'll be super stoked. And he he might have taken a small step backwards in this. Yeah, one. it's just kind of the same, or you like you said, can even worse. Yeah. So it's a little disappointing from him as a filmmaker because I consider him uh, quite the you know based off District Nine you know quite the vision yeah. visionary. So you know I certainly not time misspent. I'm glad I saw it. I enjoyed myself in the theater. One of the better movies I saw this summer. Granted, very weak summer. Yeah. Uh, but you know enjoyed it. But like I said, the, the political overtones are a little are a little obvious. They're a little ham handed. Uh, and then the, the, the kind of the scope and, but you're right. Visually, visually it's, you know, everyone's right here. Uh, visually it's spectacular, but visually it kind of looks like district nine. Like it's kind of the same stuff, you know, like, like we said, the the slums are the same and everything. So it's wonderful, but only because district nine is, is wonderful. So, uh, a little disappointing there, but, uh, you know, definitely not, it's not. You know, now you see me or anything like it's it's a perfectly <laughs> it's a perfectly fine movie. It's very well made and well told. It's an interesting story, and I'm I was totally in it for the time I while I watched it. I guys, I didn't walk out of this movie. I walked out during the credits. I believe nice. it or not, it was it was enjoyable. I, I really did enjoy it. But uh, but yeah, like, like I said, it's it's a little bit disappointing just because of the talent the filmmaker showed in his in the previous films. Yeah. So um, my point with Damon, it's not that I don't think he's bad. It's just that I don't really rush. I don't seek his movies out. Like I'm, just, I'm not like, oh, there's a Matt Damon movie out. Got to go see it. You know what I mean? Like he's great, and you know, Good Will Hunting, Save Your Private Ryan, Ocean Series, all good stuff. Um, but I think the general public. Sort uh, of, born Identity. Yeah, I'm. It's okay. Uh, I, oh, I, I love oh. I like Lauren, but it's not like my favorite stuff. Um, I I don't the spy the spy series that sort of try to be too complicated. It's just I don't know. It's just uh, we'll we'll talk about Bourne, I'm sure more on this podcast, but let's not turn this into a Bourne uh, debate. But my point is with with this character in Elysium, anybody could have played this character. You know, this right. could have this could have been Mark Wahlberg. This could have been yeah. freaking. You know, Robert Downey Jr., and it would have been fine, you know, the same deal. Um, but, um, guys, at least we got a uh, William Fitchner sighting again. <laughs> Shows up in every, every single movie. movie. <laughs> every single movie. 
Yeah. Um, Copley, who is awesome from yeah. District Nine. Uh, glad to see that. him. Jody Jody Foster was pretty obnoxious. I felt I don't like her. I don't know why every. I guess every movie Blomkamp does, they're going to be South African accents. You know, I thought her Jody Foster's attempt at a South African twang was pretty terrible. Let's get Blomkamp and DiCaprio together because Blood Diamond was an awesome accent. Let's get yeah, that's true. Seriously, no, I want to see Blomkamp do Star Wars. Like, think oh, how great that I'm, would be. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, totally. But what my point with Damon was is this movie made thirty million dollars. Um, yeah. It made less than District Nine made in opening weekend, and I just wow. don't see why. District Nine starred Charlton Copley in the. Uh, the lead role on a director that nobody knew about and nobody really knew what district nine was about, uh, going in. I thought this would at least make $50 million with Matt Damon, you know, and every, the fan base that district nine, you know, sort of created, but this, yeah. this movie didn't have Peter Jackson's name attached to it either, which district nine yeah, had. That's true. That's true. So why is that? Is that why you think it didn't, didn't do too well, Brian? You know, I can't, I can't really quite put my finger on it because I think, I think Matt Damon, while not, I don't think his name has quite the box office value that some of the other guys that we've spoken about as being movie stars do. I think he's obviously I'm a huge fan, and 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 really he might be my favorite actor to be honest with you. Maybe maybe just behind Gary Oldman. I love the guy, but I don't know that people go to see movies necessarily for him. And yeah. I want to say that it's just blockbuster overkill, you know, that it being released in August, but so was Maybe. District 9. So I don't really know what it was about this. Maybe it's just – I will say this. This is a concept film as a lot of sci-fi movies turn out to be. And I think with the concept film, we've been treated so poorly by them in, in the recent past that I I wonder if – there were enough people out there who saw the trailer, saw the the concept. Was clearly clearly they're pushing a, a very different uh, a different world, a different concept, and just thought that's not going to pan out and bailed on it. I I don't know because I mean I had those thoughts going in that maybe um, maybe that this was going to just get stuck on the actual concept of you know these the rich people live on Elysium, everybody else lives on or things like that. Um, and it, it really did, and it did a very good job of getting out of this. But I just wonder if people got stuck on that. I, I don't know, man. There's really not a good answer to me other than just blockbuster overload of the summer. But again, that doesn't explain why District 9 did so well, and, and this this just really tanked, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd probably need to look at 2009 and see what else, what other blockbusters came out that year. But I know that every, I feel like every week this summer – I know blockbuster. I know the summer is blockbuster season, but this year more than ever, it seemed like every week we had a new huge popcorn smack you in the face with CGI explosions movie. And I, I mean, honestly, I love blockbusters, but I've been I felt the overkill this year, and mm-hmm. uh, so I wonder if that just kind of if that affected uh, the average moviegoer. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, this movie really did not have many wow moments, you know, um, yeah. like I, like I wanted. Um, I, I think majority of the movie is just okay. It's just more of the same, uh, really. And I, it's disappointing. It's not that it's bad. It's just not that it, it's just that it's not great, you know? And it's just yeah. kind of disappointing on that sense. But like I said, 
I'll recommend this movie to anyone, and I'll see it again, and I'll probably buy this movie because it was pretty yeah. solid. But yeah. um, I just, from a visual standpoint, uh, and technologically, I just wish it done more. Like, like I'm DOS guys. I mean, it's year twenty one fifty four, and we're like, all right, guys. Well, all these computers, touch screens, what we've been using. Screw this. Let's uh, let's go back to DOS. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll argue slightly on the other side of that. I hadn't thought about the District 9 bit of, you know, there's so much of this was created in District 9, so it's not anything new. That's that's totally true. That didn't cross my mind when I was watching the movie, but, but you're totally right. I will say that I kind of, I actually really dig the production design here because it is so, um, I feel like the infrastructure of it is just really low key and it, it didn't seem like it's just CGI puking all over the screen. And I actually really liked that. I liked yeah. the design of the shuttles. I liked the weapon design and the, the, uh, the, the eco skeleton or whatever it's called thing that he had going. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, all the, the low, the low key stuff, the, the DOS and, and, and the, the fairly limited technology, I kind of dug that and I thought it was a cool, Honestly, this is what I want more from movies is is, a, is spend $100 million rather than $200 million and don't just vomit CGI all over the screen. Uh, and so I, I guess I appreciate that, even if it is kind of a, in a weird way, like kind of a knockoff of District 9 just in the way it's designed. I, I appreciate that we didn't get just, hey, CGI, CGI, CGI all over the place the way I feel like most blockbusters yeah. have been this summer but even even in on elysium they're using dos yeah it's not like on earth they have dos because their tech their you know their civilization has declined it's like everywhere like i guess that's the computer of the future this is this year this movie was set in the year 2154 mm -hmm. which just so happens to be the exact same year that avatar is set <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the same year. Like, they couldn't think of a different year. But they no, couldn't it, find it, unobtainium? Oh, it, man. Unobtainium. <laughs> it has to be 2154. That's the year this movie is set. Like, it, this movie could have been set in, you know, 2209, and it would have been fine. You know, I don't know why they had to do the same year as Avatar. Yeah. Why nobody told them that before they made the movie. But uh, anyway, uh, you guys want to go into spoiler zone right now? Sure. All right, spoilers coming up now for Elysium. So let's talk about the the third act. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I think the third act is really strong here. Didn't throw crap at you like we've been used to this entire summer. And it really kind of wrapped up the plot in a good, you know, satisfying way. That's the word I'm looking for. Sure. Um, and I liked how, you know, how it ended up when, when Damon gets to Elysium with the girl and he shuts down the entire you know, Elysium thing. And then all the, um, everyone on earth becomes a citizen of Elysium. Right. I thought that was awesome. And I was yeah. just so happy when it ended. I was like, Oh, thank you, Lord. It ended like that. You know what I mean? So what are your thoughts, sure. uh, Brian on the third act? You know, I saw some people that complained. I thought it was, it was very uh, clever. I thought it was very I did clever. Too. I, I saw, I saw some people complaining that it was a typical Hollywood ending to a movie that, that really didn't lead up to it that way. And I, I kind of disagreed. I thought it was a great shift in the character. I thought it was a very natural shift too. They didn't, uh, Blomkamp didn't beat you down throughout the movie with, 
had that one scene with the little girl where she talks about, you know, the hippopotamus and the, the meerkat yeah. and just kind of, it was a little bit of foreshadowing, but it didn't beat you down with that stuff. And so I felt like when he did make the shift, it was a very natural, um, well-earned shift, I guess. And, and I also, I kind of appreciate that him, well, this should be, I should have said this earlier, but. I, one of the things that I love about this movie is that there is no chosen one, which could have easily been a big part of this movie. Matt Damon could have been the chosen one who's going to bring balance back to yeah. our society. Um, and rather than him at the end, you know, inputting that code and and uh, sort of we sort of got that though. We sort of got we, the we, you have did, one purpose in life, right? Yeah. But we didn't get that overarc that that heavy handed overarching storyline like this is the thing you know you always have to keep this in mind because i hate that trope i'm so tired of it um so i felt like they avoided it very well and i like that at the end when when he does input all that stuff i like that that's not it kind of left it open-ended as far as everything's going to be better now but it wasn't like him inputting that code suddenly made everything in the world right and everything is good and fine and there are no problems anymore like he just made everybody citizens on Elysium. There's going to basically be a war to figure out who gets to come to Elysium and who doesn't, but it's yeah. a starting point. And I really – I dug that. It felt like – it. I felt like that ending matched the scale of the film in a lot yes, of ways, and yes. I, I, I really enjoyed that ending. So The um, typical Hollywood ending here would have been if Damon goes up to Elysium, sacrifices himself, blows up Elysium. And yeah. then they cut to Earth, and everybody's cheering as Elysium is falling to Earth, you know? Right, Like a right. typical, like, Roland Emmerich ending, or Michael Bay or something. Uh, but we didn't get that, and I was super excited and happy when when it ended in a, in a really satisfying way. Richard, what did you think of the third act? I know you're a third act connoisseur, and you're very critical of third act, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, I stayed in the theater. Yeah. So that, that's a win, right? Yeah. Um, no, it, it was it was it was I, I was excited and enjoyed. Uh, look, and this movie was great. It's kind of like a theme park ride. I I was my emotions were involved. I they they sold me on everything I needed to be sold on. I, w- I was in. Um, you know, like you guys were talking about the the, the computer science stuff. Uh, I noticed it, but nah, nah. You know, everyone yeah. every, every press Y was, to confirm. Yeah, why? no. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I'm 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 pressing Y and I approve. Um, <laughs> but I am going to type in a code and launch Doom here. But, uh, nice. Uh, no, but it was it no it was it was it was thrilling and 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 it was very action movie and it, that's when the movie wrote for me turned into an action movie instead of this weird kind of statement movie. Uh, and I was I was a hundred percent in. I I enjoyed Damon in that role, and and you know I enjoyed the portions with Elysium, uh, with you know that kind of upper upper level um, more than I enjoyed the kind of slum life of, of Earth. Uh, but yeah, so I, I really don't have too much to say. I say, oh, look, you guys know me. I've, I'm if I'm out, I'm I'm literally out of the theater. I will be in my yeah. car. And I will be doing whatever I need to do the rest of the day. I'm a busy guy, but uh, but I st- I stayed around. I, I I loved it. I well, I did love it. I I liked it quite a bit. I well, I just want to say one more thing. Um, disappointing again from Jodie Foster. I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, um, her and William Fitchner worked together in Contact. If you guys remember that, 
so it was interesting to see them two on screen together again in different roles. Uh, but it's just disappointing because I think she's a great actress, and um, maybe it's an underwritten role, you know, but um, I just wish it would have been more of a bearable character <laughs> because, like I said, she's great. Um, yeah. And when I saw her in the trailer, I was like, oh, she's going to be the villain, and Damon's going to be the protagonist this is going to be awesome you know and yeah. she, i didn't really feel like she was the villain you know kruger copley's character was the villain yeah which disappointed I, me yeah i kind of man jodie foster's character drove me crazy yeah it was partly jodie foster and partly that weird accented cadence that they spoke and it wasn't just her it was all, all i guess elysians is what you would call them like oh that drove me crazy um i could have really done with more of matt damon versus uh versus Copley. I, I really dug that character and the dynamic between those two. I, I know they had a, a pretty solid showdown there at the end. I could have used even more of that, to be honest. Yeah, I agree there. And I really um, I really like the performance of the guy that sort of shows Diego Luna, who shows uh, Matt Damon the way, you know? Kind yeah, of yeah. Gets him hooked up with the, uh, the exoskeleton. I thought he was very strong. I mean... I think um, Blomkamp really has a knack for finding, you know, the perfect person for the roles that he does. I mean, Copley yeah. literally was like a – like on um, District 9, he was like, I don't know, like a caterer or something. Like he wasn't even like an yeah. actor or anything. And he became – and like Blomkamp found him um, out of nowhere and put him in District 9 and he was incredible. Um he he was a businessman running the production behind the scenes of District Nine originally. Wow, that's great. And, and Copley was like, "Okay, you're the main character now." So I mean, it's just crazy how he can find people like that. But um, grade for this, I'm gonna go ahead and say B B to B B plus maybe. Sure. Um, that's my wasn't grade. A, wasn't an A. It was a solid. Yeah. I I didn't read the review, Brian, so I don't think I'm ripping you off. That's no. seriously no. my grade. Yeah. Um, because your all your reviews suck anyway, so I don't read. Yeah, it. it's it's totally. True. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. Read Brian's work. It's it's all <laughs> it's all good stuff. I'll read it after this. I just didn't want to oh. let it affect my review. Oh, yeah, um, totally. But so B plus, it's a solid movie. I mean, I do. I think yeah. I texted you guys after. I think it's probably the best blockbuster, a storyline wise. It's not the most exciting. It's not the most entertaining. I don't think. Uh, but it was good. You know, it was it was solid. I think I used the word solid. Uh, so. Your, what is your grade, Brian? B plus. Yeah, I went B plus. It's it, and I agree. It's it's an. I, I'll watch it again, probably many times over. Yeah. I liked it a lot. It just uh, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't quite what we had hoped for. But you know, sometimes sure. that happens. It's no big deal. Richard, grade. B. B. Good. Um, well, let's move on to weekly recommends. Unless you guys have anything else to mention about Elysium. Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off. Uh, I just want to say this week, we have two episodes coming out and my week recommends this week are probably the most relevant recommends that I've ever had for movies. So I'm going to go start it off now. Uh, my week recommend this week is District 9. (laughs) Neil Blomkamp's District 9. It is on Netflix. I always try to pick movies on Netflix for, for people to check out. Um, but man, like I can't say enough how much I love District 9. And I just think it's such an awesome, great, original science fiction movie. And I thought the character design for the prawns 
was awesome. I think the character development of Copley's character is incredible. Um, I like how isolated it is. There's not too many characters, not too much CGI. You know, it's set in the real world. It's great. Um, I just can't say enough good things about, about District 9. So that's my Luke recommend. Uh, anything, if you guys have any else, anything else to say about District 9, support uh, it. Great, support yeah, it. great recommend. Great movie. I want District 9, 10. Great movie. I had Blomkamp's working on District 10 script uh, yeah, right now. Yeah, we'll get that eventually for sure. His next movie looks really interesting. Have you all seen the... Chappie? Yeah, Chappie, like the short that it's based on. I haven't seen he the had, short. He he did a short for it way back when, and, and now he's uh, he's turning into a full movie. But it's uh, it looks that looks really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued for sure. It has Copley in it, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my recommend. Uh, Brian Gill, we can recommend. Sure. Uh, my weekly recommend for this episode is going to be – so last week, I uh, my work schedule has picked up the last uh, last two weeks. And so a couple of weeks ago, I took three days off, and I rented a bunch of movies and a video game and just sat in my chair. I brought in a second TV into my uh, my office so I could watch movies while playing video games, just the, <laughs> the epitome of laziness, yes. and uh, which was awesome. Um, I rented a whole bunch of movies and just tried to like – I don't know, fill out my list because I like to put out a big rankings list at the end of the year. Turned out almost all the movies were bad or at least just mediocre, which I kind of expected. But I rented uh, rented an older movie called Midnight Run with oh uh, yeah yeah Robert De Niro and uh, Charles, Charles Broden. Broden. Yeah, Broden dude, is the man. seriously. So I'd heard I'd heard about this movie plenty of times before. I'd never really sought it out, but when uh, when Dennis uh, Farina died a few weeks ago, this was one of the movies that people were were mentioning, and so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna give this a shot." Um, and it's awesome. I love this movie, and I I just I can't believe that I've gone my entire life without seeing it. It's from like I think 1988, and if yeah. you haven't seen it, it's. Uh, De Niro is basically a bounty hunter who takes on the a job to track down Charles Grodin and bring him back to the bail bondsman. And Charles Grodin is just like a, an accountant. It's not he's like, oh, this will be an easy job. And then he just gets caught up in this. Grodin is also being uh, pursued by the FBI and the mob, and so it just turns into this crazy, wild, super eighties action movie um, of of them trying to get cross country. It's like it's kind of like planes, trains, and automobiles plus Die Hard. I don't know, like something super eighties actiony. Uh, De Niro's great. Charles Grodin is the man, and it's so crazy to me that that guy, like the only things that you have ever seen him in, are this movie <laughs> and like the Beethoven movies. You I know. know. I mean, it's it's like, just such a weird resume that he has, and then he takes he years a off show for in between a while. movies. Yeah, he had a political yeah. talk show for a while too. He's yeah. a fascinating guy to me. He's definitely on the Barden team. I mean, you guys, you watched that movie, Brian. I mean, has there ever been a more Richard Barden guy than no, Charles? No, he's Burnham? totally up your alley. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just it's such a it's just a really cool movie. I mean, it, it it like I said, it is very '80s. There's you know, like at one point, De Niro shoots a, a helicopter with like a I don't know, like a 40 caliber pistol and it blows up, you know? I mean, things like that. Yeah. that were, like in the 80s, we were all like, yeah, if you shoot anything, it blows up, you know? And so there's some of that stuff that's kind of dated, but uh, man, it's just a whole lot of fun. And it's it's cool to see guys like Dennis Farina and Joey Pants. Joey Pants is in it. Um, it's just a really cool movie. So I uh, highly recommend it, Midnight Run. Nice. Midnight Run, I'll, I'll check it out. I haven't seen it. I'm in the minority there probably because I... Richard's seen it. 
Um, Richard, what do you can recommend? Yeah, so uh, mine's a movie that. Uh, so I've been watching the uh, the newsroom is in season right now. The yeah, the uh-huh. HBO show, which I like. Well, that's not true. I kind of hate watch it. I, I don't. Yeah, I thought you posted a. Uh, a negative comment about the newsroom the other day, if I'm well, not mistaken. It's, it's a revision. It's a weird experience. It really is. It, it's such a revisionist show, right? I mean, it's easy to be on the right side of a news story when you're writing about it two years later. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you know what I mean? It's easy to be kind of the elitist person that, that is aware of the news when you're doing, you know, the here's the thing about the news is they, they, they have to report on it, you know, minutes after it happens. Uh, when you're writing a, uh, a a drama about it, you can you can take your time. Yeah. That being said, it's an extremely enjoyable show, <laughs> which yeah. I I, I yeah. watch every week, and I love Jeff Daniels, and there's other characters I I really like. Um, Allison oh, Pill, I like her. Yeah, she's good. And what's the girl's name? That uh, Olivia Munn. Olivia yes. Munn. She's great oh. on there. Her and the guy that's uh, plays Don. I don't know his name in real life, but he's a he's a Mean Green alum. He's a he's a He's a nice. UNT guy. Um, her, him, and, and and Olivia Munn are my two favorite characters. But that being said, so it's a it's a very hateable and very likable show. It 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 is. I, I don't really know how to explain it. But you know what? Every Sunday night, I'm there. Um, but that being said, uh, the creator and writer of the show, Aaron Sorkin, has written some good stuff. He wrote The West Wing. He wrote A Few Good Men. He wrote some The Social Network. He has some things. But there's a movie that he had come out in the mid '90s, which I- I can also hate watch, which is called the uh, American President. Yeah, nice. with Michael Douglas and Annette Bening and Michael J. Fox and a few good people, and it is a enormously watchable movie. It's not as bad as the Newsroom as far as kind of its obviousness. It's look, it's a liberal fantasy. If you're if you're politically aware at all, and you fall, you know, you find yourself on the conservative side of things, you're probably going to hate this movie just because of the political statement it makes. I understand that, but as a movie, it's very good. And it's a fun little romantic comedy. Michael Douglas as the president is awesome. I could watch Michael Douglas as the president any day, all day, every day. Um, I love that character. Uh, It's just a fun two hours. Like It's like a movie that... I feel like it was ahead of its time, not in that it's that great, but like they should have made that movie in 2006 instead of 1995, um, which is a shame because it's a little odd and out of place, but uh, definitely worth watching, interesting, regardless of where you fall politically. And uh, yeah. that's my weekly rent, The American President. Sweet. Um, I'll, I'll have to check that. I haven't seen that one either. That's rare that I haven't seen either one of y'all's. You yeah, it is. It's very yeah. odd, um, but I I'm glad I have something to watch now. Um, Brian Gill, where can I find more of your work online? You can find me on Twitter at bgill12, or you can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Richard, hey, you can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden, or you can find my writing at richardbarden.com, which I'm about to totally revamp. I've got some pretty cool ideas. Just to tweeze it a little on the podcast. So, And Kent, where <laughs> might I find you on these interwebs? Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Uh, find the web, find the podcast on the web at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find all our episodes on there. Weekly recommends on there. Contact the show. Learn more about the show on there as well. Anything else you guys want to mention before we uh, get out of here? No. No? Go no. see Elysium. Yeah, check it out. Um, 
And stay tuned for our bonus episode uh, that's coming out. If you're if you're uh, listening to this the day that this episode is released, uh, I think in two days from now, maybe a day from now, we'll release a bonus episode. And it's we're a doing surprise. Our, we're doing our first TV movie. TV movie. It's a surprise. Yeah, dude. Get stoked. Um, but on that note, uh, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. See ya. Goodbye.